Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And this is the one you've been waiting for. Is it? Even if you didn't know you were waiting for it. Okay, fair enough. We're here to talk about Teal, Teal Swan. Swan. Have you heard of her? I hadn't, actually, until, I don't know, maybe a year ago? Oh, okay. A year and a half ago. You've been aware of her for a long time. Long time. Yeah. Someone pointed her out to me years ago, like pretty near the beginning of our podcast, I think. It seems like she's been active just about as long as our podcast. Yeah. And that she's seems right. just a little younger than we are. Yes. She's one year younger than I, two years younger than you. And she is a spiritual catalyst. Yes. I think or that is her preferred term. Or a spiritual luminary. Yes. But yeah, she's one of these teacher types who gives seminars and writes books and teaches you to get more in touch with your spiritual side. Or does she? <laughs> a fascinating character. You could spend months just trying to absorb all that is Teal Swan yeah. and her movement. She has 445 YouTube videos. That's a lot of YouTube videos. And how many books? At least three. She's got one coming out soon. Right. One's coming out soon. Which if you pre-order, she will greatly appreciate that. And yes. if you send a receipt, they'll send you like a free ebook or something. Oh, that's right. I think that's right. You get a free ebook of, I think, the one I bought, the completion process. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> where do you start? She is a guru, if you will. She will. She will. Many will. Who is a young woman, right. young, beautiful woman. Uh, and yeah. she teaches you to confront your past traumas mm-hmm. in order to free your life. And isn't that a song? I don't know. No, I think it's free your mind. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Anyway, okay. um, <laughs> but she also claims that she grew up in a satanic cult mm-hmm. and I believe was sewn into a cadaver at one point. Yeah, like Luke being in a tauntaun, but this was... A human inside of another human, which seems highly improbable. That other thing you just said sounds highly improbable, too. Just like your song that I've never heard of. (laughs) Fair enough. So she travels the world talking about how you can undo your trauma, just like she undid the trauma of being in the satanic cult. But just to be clear, there's no corroborating evidence that she was in this cult. She recovered those memories through recovered memory therapy, already a very questionable method of getting your memories back. From a therapist. Was it Barbara Snow? Oh, right. I think so. Who was very involved in the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s. And yeah, the chances of that story of all the things that she experienced being true is vanishingly small. It's very similar to the Michelle Remembers situation, a book that set off the satanic panic Mm. where a woman went for recovered memory therapy, discovered that she was in a satanic cult, but there was no evidence of this at all in her personal life or in the greater community. 
and it would have required hundreds of people to be in this cult. So there should be some evidence right. of it somewhere, if and, accurate. And like the famous McMartin case where you had mm-hmm. kids talking about these teachers of theirs paying for them to go up in airplanes with clowns and just all kinds of crazy things that couldn't possibly be true. Right. But the kids were kind of manipulated into saying those things. And yet Teal Swan will help you with your own personal traumas because she's experienced all of this. Yes. That's what makes her qualified. Correct. Oh, my God. And she was, I think, born in New Mexico, but raised in Utah Mm -hmm. in a Mormon community. But she herself wasn't Mormon. And her parents, I'm remembering now, I'm getting a lot of this background knowledge from a great podcast called The Gateway Gateway. from Gizmodo, which is hosted by Jennings Brown, who's going to be on this same podcast soon. So we'll try not to cover too much of that ground. Right. It's an excellent show. You should listen to it. Exactly. But I believe in that show, they talk about her parents taking her to like, where was that? Now I can't remember. They took her on some retreat or something. And a leader there said, oh, she is very intuitive. Right. And instantly recognized her spiritual prowess and skill. And so from then on, she realized, oh, I have this ability to see people's energies and to read minds. And she would hold community meetings and started gathering a following there. But she started very young in her 20s, authoritatively giving this kind of spiritual advice. At some point in all of this, she tried modeling. Mm -hmm. She was doing that for a while. And now she's based out of Costa Rica, Mm -hmm. where she teaches her completion process, which we'll talk about, and leads synchronization workshops. Mm -hmm. And... Sometimes she takes these on the road. And sometimes she comes to Los Angeles, where we live. So we finally found out, Teal's coming to town. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. We were excited. I was excited uh, because I'd been reading and watching Teal stuff ever since I heard about her. And the gateway made us really excited, too. Yeah, absolutely. We weren't sure when we'd be able to go back to Costa Rica, so she's coming to our own town. She was going to do her curveball seminar workshop seminar something like the that curveball yeah. and that was a week long in santa monica and that was very expensive like yes three thousand dollars or somewhere in that range yeah would have taken up a week that i can't give up from work so i think i wasn't here anyway okay. so thank goodness we didn't have to think about coughing up all that money we couldn't do that but there was a synchronization workshop happening in los angeles at the la convention center for the much more Affordable price of $150. And that was for the diamond seats. Yes. You don't want to be stuck in those damn ruby seats. So we bought those early bird diamond seats. And yeah, mm-hmm. it came to, for the two of us, about 309 bucks, which means we get to sit near the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we bought those and we met at the convention center early in the morning. On a Sunday. It was actually kind of a reasonable time, wasn't it? 10 a.m.? Yeah, it was, but the convention center itself was buttoned down and it looked closed. Oh my gosh. You were already in there and I had walked from the metro and the entrance that my walking directions took me to was just like a loading dock. No, no. And I was circling around just looking for any door that looked like it was for people. And then finally I would find (laughs) like, okay, that's definitely a pedestrian entrance and shake the door, nothing. A half hour before the event was going to start, I'm getting texts from Carrie. Oh, I'm almost there, right outside. (laughs) Thought I was. Yeah, but. According to my directions, I was. Took a bit longer. Someone eventually picked you up on a cart. Yeah, so finally I found a human driving a uh, golf cart type thing. This happened. Do you know where I go? And he said, hop on in. And I thought, I trust you. And I was right too. He took me right to it. Once before, 
this happened to us when we went to the laughter yoga mm. seminar. That was in the Los Angeles Convention yeah. Center after hours when most of the front doors were all closed down. So you have to walk into this gigantic atrium and just sort of know where to go. And there was one little sign as I was coming in that just said in very simple type, Teal Swan Synchronization Workshop. And there were these three young ladies walking in at the same time as me. And they got so excited when they saw the sign. Oh, my goodness. Take a picture of me with the sign. Oh, <laughs> just like printed out from a printer. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. No artwork or anything. Right. Black writing on white Eight paper. Eight and a half by 11. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture of me Aww, with it. Yeah. They were so sweet. excited. They were feeling a little numb with anticipation. It was just it was so. They were genuine they were. members of the Teal Tribe. Oh, speaking of which, yes, I know where you're going. The Teal House. The Teal House. We wanted to stay there so much. That was another option. I don't think Teal's actually present at the Teal House. I don't think so. Yeah. But- so you pay a little extra. They rent out a house that's just for Teal devotees. And you hang out together. That would have been fun. Yeah. We would have totally done that. Yeah. But it was but very it sold limited. out immediately. Yeah. I think it was very small. It was like small. 11 or 12 yeah, spaces. Yeah, a dozen people. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't get into the teal house. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. But you walk up to the main area. They were up in meeting room 403. 403AB. We've also been to the LA Convention Center for the Tony Robbins seminar mm-hmm. slash the Get Rich Quick Scheme thing. And I've been there for many other events like SIGGRAPH and industry conventions. I'm going there for Adobe Max later this oh, month. Oh, okay. So I've been to LA Convention Center and I'm used to walking around it. So I walked up the stairs, found that place, and you could see everybody lining up outside. There was no one else in the building doing anything, this giant building. And there was a line to get your wristband. So they scanned in my QR code and gave me a wristband that had little tiny teal artwork on it. Yes. So she does this artwork that she's kind of known for Mm -hmm. with, what would you call that? Like hypersymmetrical drawings where like everything is in symmetry in different directions. Well, it's kaleidoscopic. If you think of a kaleidoscope, yeah, you get the same kind of radial symmetry going on. And they all have different vibrations. Brightly colorful. You know, there might be one image that's for courage and another one that's for intuition and another that's for closeness. And so whatever it is you need, Mm -hmm. you take that mandala, I guess you might call it, and Mm. put it on your person. So I don't know what the ones on a wristband were. And and some of them aren't symmetrical, at least not in terms of the whole composition. Correct, because I ended up getting one that is not symmetrical, but we'll tell you in a minute. That's right. Yeah, and uh, she calls them her frequency paintings, Mm -hmm. and she paints them frequently. (laughs) There's many of them. Uh I I would say, you know, just... As an art critic, some of them are very good, Uh and then some of them are less good. But I say there is some artistic talent there. She's a better artist than I am. She should keep it up. Yeah, I like the colors. They're bright and cheerful. And uh, get her a job at Disney. No, Um, (laughs) but as I was walking in, there was a guy there who I think was mostly looking for bands that weren't diamonds. And then leading those people to where they could sit. Oh, but at right. first, I wasn't thinking about those terms. And so I was kind of waiting around for him to come grab me and tell me where to go. Uh-huh. Uh, and he wasn't. So I just wandered over to the merch table, which is off to the left against the back wall, and started perusing her various wares for sale. Uh, you can buy. There's a number of books. Uh, Carrie got one of those mm-hmm. to talk about. I was particularly drawn to her calligraphy. Oh, my word, this calligraphy. So you can buy these phrases, 
with uh, there's a little teal swan stamp on the lower right of some of them. And yeah, she has handwritten these. These are original teal calligraphy pieces. These are from her hand, you guys. The cheapest ones I saw were $99. Uh-huh. But there's some back here. At least this one is $159. Now, you might be picturing some beautiful calligraphy that you think, okay, you know, Ross and Carrie, this is an art form. It takes a lot of knowledge, a lot of skill. It takes a lot of time to make this. <laughs> you are picturing the wrong thing. No. Right now... If you have a brush pen and you just scribble out a phrase, it will look like this. Yeah, it clearly took her about five minutes. And the phrases are... Look at that you in uncertainty. It looks like... Like she made a mistake. It looks like uncertainty. She made a mistake and soldiered on. You know what? We're just going to make hay out of this. It's not even calligraphy. It's just... I used a... Fancy writing? I I don't know. I used a pen that is For calligraphy. (laughs) Right. So then you get... Phrases like this, and here we go. Now you get to hear a bit of uh, the meat of Teal Swan here. Okay, yes. This is genuine Teal Swan wisdom. The first you've heard it, here we go. From her hand. Uncertainty mm-hmm. is the only certainty. Ah, okay, actually that one's better Not than the ones I recall. The light is found in the shadow. Oh, that's correct. Sh- that shadow needs help. To heal is to experience the opposite. What? <laughs> the opposite of what? What? That's not helpful. To heal is to experience the opposite. Okay. Oh, this is one of my favorites. The better it gets, dot, 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 the better it gets. I mean, I can't deny that that is accurate. The better it gets, the better it does get. True. You said that twice. The colder it gets, the colder it is. You cannot hold someone's hand without your hand being held too. Aww. Okay. All right. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Shake your hand until it's loose and floppy. Healing yourself takes more courage than trying to fix the world ever did. Okay. Okay. I get it. Uh-huh. Fine. I'm not going to pay $150 for it, but okay. There's one that's an acrostic for the word pain that says, pay attention, integrate now. <laughs> that one's real bad. Faith only occurs in the absence of knowing. That's actually true. Yeah. That's good. So, well, I think there's also good faith though, where it's based in something. So it's like, mm, you know, I have faith in you, Ross. Sure, based on past experience. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your Bayesian reasoning has uh, increased your level of confidence in me right. to a high percentage. Right. If you want to express it that way, sure. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm going to write that out in calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> These are all phrases that I would say firmly fall in the category of what Daniel Dennett calls the deepity. Yeah. Something that is either true. But obvious. But obvious. Or or sounds profound, but isn't. I think it's, okay, if true, it is obvious. If profound, it can't be true. It's something like that. Yeah, Yeah, there's various ways you could, because it could be true where if it were true, it would be amazing. But it's right, not true. Right, right. And yeah, and sometimes it's just obvious in that it's, you know, a restatement of a simple thing or right. just an inverted sentence. Right. Essentially. Which is it's tough because poetry can be like that, you know, but at least hopefully the poetry's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? Like if it makes you feel it in a new way, then cool. Yeah. But if it's just like a sentence that's put forward as some sort of amazing wisdom, mm-hmm. you should give me more than pretty words. Right. And uh, then I moved on. I didn't buy any of those, but she had prints of her paintings 
for sale. Mm-hmm. And I want to say those were somewhere in the range from like 20 to 60 bucks, depending on the size yeah. of the print. Oh, that's right. They were prints, though. I was going to say I was kind of surprised that they were cheaper, but oh, yeah. of course, because she original print as many as you want. Thousands, yeah. yeah. There were also t-shirts. I like this one. It has a picture of a donut, and it says, I'm not coping. I just love food. Oh, man. How perfect. Drew just had a donut. Hey. But what I was drawn to were the tarot cards. And uh, that is how her salespeople pronounced it. And for $39.99, not $40, no. $39.99, you can get the tarot deck, rhymes Look with at carrot. That. Uh, that came up when we were talking with Mark Edward back in the day. He said that some people pronounce tarot tarot. Right. And, these and I do. called it tarot, which apparently nearly no one calls it that. Okay. So you buy the tarot deck for 40 bucks and you get like 77 of her paintings included little uh, reproductions of the artwork and the little symbol on the back that we'll talk about later that's on her tattoo but But they're not really tarot cards they're more oracle cards mm, in, in how you use them anyway indeed well it says frequency tarot and it is by Spiritual Luminary Teal Swan. <laughs> Says that on the side. Yes. No shortage of confidence in Teal Swan in herself. We will talk about that at length. She's luminous. Carrie, you want to grab a tarot card? Oh, I can, yeah. I can totally. tell you what it means. So okay. I'm, I'm fanning them out for Carrie. I think I want this very top one. Oh, That's all speaking right. to me. That, is that the Joker? The fool? No, it is Sacred Geometry, which is number 53. That's actually kind of funny because isn't that the one that the gal next to me drew? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so they all have the image, what the image means on the bottom, and then a number at the top so you can easily find it in the little book. What's the number on that one? 53. Okay. Wait, is that how you drew the card? Do you remember? Was it upside down or right side up when you got it? It was upside down, I guess you'd say. Like, this was what was facing me. Okay, because it says, number 53, sacred geometry. If you have drawn this card upright... The universe has been trying to tell you that there are no mistakes in this life. (laughs) But I guess if you've drawn it upside down, there are mistakes in this life. (laughs) All things happen for a reason, and all things happen according to a divine order that exists just outside the range of your perception. You have not failed. You are failing to see the inherent perfection in your current circumstance. I didn't think I had failed. But perfection is most certainly there. If you have drawn the sacred geometry card, you are being reassured that you did not and cannot ruin anything. Let yourself off the hook. Things may not be going according to your plan, but they are still going according to a higher plan. Take a deep breath. Everything will be okay in the end. And if it is not yet okay, it is not yet the end. Wow, this Barnum statement is not working on me. Okay, and but then... But you drew it upside down? Yeah. In reverse? You have either made a mistake or could be in the process of making oh, a mistake no, that could negatively affect your life. What? If you have already made a mistake, it is of paramount importance that you learn from this mistake. What has it what taught you fuck? to do differently in the future? Th- yeah. It, Wasn't the other... The other way was there are no mistakes? Right. But you've made one. <laughs> This experience will give rise to wisdom and a sincerity that will serve you throughout the curse of your life. Uh, Oh my God. Do they mean mean course of your life and they accidentally Uh, wrote curse? Probably. This says curse. That's hilarious. If you feel like you are about to make a mistake, period? (laughs) That's a sentence fragment. (laughs) Oh, they need some copy editing on this. This is your opportunity. No, this is divinely inspired. They don't make mistakes. So Uh that was a sentence. If you feel like you are about to make a mistake. Period. (laughs) (laughs) This is your opportunity to not make the mistake. Period. 
Choose another course of action. Sometimes mistakes are unavoidable and we are meant to learn from them because the experience is in accordance with the plan for our growth. I just picture her like sitting there writing it out and then being like, well, on the other hand, I'm just going to keep writing the opposite of what I just said without going back and editing. Yeah, yeah, yada, yada, yada. There's another sentence, but it's the same stuff. Anyways. My God. Wow. Okay, well, I'm glad there are no mistakes, but I'm sorry I'm about to make one. Right. All right. So I bought those and then I went and sat down in the third row kind of weighed out how close I wanted to be to the stage because I had my pick of seats at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, The room hadn't filled up yet. But I also want to see the reactions of people around me. So you don't want to be in row one. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be up close and personal and get a good view. But at the same time, I want to be able to observe. So sat there, was holding a seat for you on my left. And I thought, oh, when Carrie shows up, you know, she'll get the good seat where you can really see Teal's chair from here. Surely no one else will sit here. Some other lady waltzed up, plunked right down into that seat. We'll call her Jennifer. Oh, God. She actually turned out to be very nice. She's a delightful person. Long blonde hair, bright blue eyes. Uh, So she sat next to me. Oh, another thing that was happening at this point, this room we should describe, it's just a very large tissue box shaped room, but (laughs) gigantic. Yeah, it's a conference room. Yeah. Uh, with kind of no windows y- no door oh, no there were doors there were doors Th- there's it's up to you to find uh, a way out out do you know who did the voice of that oh which offers you this chilling challenge is it oh is it that guy that does the yeah i had always thought that thorough ravenscroft right yeah who did the they're great. Here's yeah. the voice of Tony the Tiger. No, the the voice of the narrator and host of the mansion. Carrot Top. Paul Freeze. Oh, I don't know who that is. Sorry, we're both Disney. I know who so. Paul Feig is. <laughs> yeah, different. Who's Paul Freeze? A well-known character actor or oh, voice okay. actor at the time. Encountered him in other places. Okay. Especially around the park. Anyways, so just uh, gray colors, nothing too extraordinary. They really hadn't decorated this place in right. in any way, shape, or form. And then you have just a small stage dais that has a couple chairs on it. And in between, there's a table, and it's got a flower arrangement. And then it's got a bunch of crystals and stones and bracelets and things that people just want to get close to Teal to absorb her energy. Right. So people are bringing up their crystals, and I'm thinking, well, darn, I didn't bring my crystal. I didn't know. A little I, embarrassed. I remember hearing this before, but I had forgotten that, yeah, you can bring something up So for her to radiate on. I saw someone else go up there to take a picture of the crystals, and I thought, oh, that means I can do that too. Nice. So I got a picture of uh, many of the crystals there as people were laying them out. Yeah, and they didn't explicitly say later on that they would be charged in any way, but they did welcome people to come bring their crystals and pick them up afterward. And sometimes she'd pick up one and hold it and then pick up another and hold it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. She's doing that throughout. Oh, okay. So about this time, I arrive. Hey, Carrie. Hello. hello. And uh, obviously, I got to check out that sweet merch table. Oh, uh, yeah. So I... There is no way to draw Carrie like having a merch table. I mean, especially if your merch table has a bunch of questionable stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need two oh, or Carrie, three of those. We'll be there. <laughs> So I got a copy of the Completion Process book, which I show you now. What is the subtitle there? The Practice of Putting Yourself Back Together Again. Oh, okay. I'm told this one is very good for all the healing we all need. And then I saw that they had all this artwork by her. And the cheapest thing I could get uh, was jewelry. 
So her little uh, emblems that we were describing before are all on these little circle pendants Mm -hmm. hanging from a necklace. Carrie's wearing one right now. So I said to myself, okay, which one should I get? So on the back of all of them is written a a description (laughs) of the energy of that particular image. Right. Most of them are those kaleidoscopic images, and Mm -hmm. you turn them over, and it says unity or intuition one said meditation i liked that one a lot so i'm like deciding between okay what do i want to wear okay i like meditation maybe i'll use that one etc and then i flip over (laughs) this one and it just says horse (laughs) (laughs) i flip it back over and sure enough if you look closely enough you realize oh okay there's there's an image of a horse in there the colors contrast so much that you can't totally tell right it's if you just glance at it as i'm doing across the table here it's just a blend of colors yeah it looks kind of chaotic but oh okay yeah that is a horse they're all about equal tone so yeah there's no shape that pops out right until you look really closely so then i start turning over more and they're all like power synchronicity or this is literally the only one that's just a description of the thing she drew it's just like i need that one horse i I want horse (laughs) so i got it how much did that set you back i think it was twenty dollars okay it might have been less i want to say actually 18 the salespeople were very friendly and allowed us to take pictures Mm -hmm. oh and i asked her the saleswoman i asked her about this book what she thought and she said oh it's so good it's so oh it's just so powerful and Wait, which one did you buy? And I hold it up and she's like, oh, I thought you got Shadows Before Dawn. That one's really good. But oh, but the one you got is really good. Oh, okay. Inferior book. Okay. So apparently Shadows Before Dawn, that's the real stuff. Uh, so buy then I, that book. Yeah. So then I went, uh, you had told me where you were. So I went up to row three mm-hmm. and I said, that indeed is Ross. And I went and sat by you and I met Jennifer. Yeah. And she was nice. Yeah. She had seen my tarot deck, and she went and bought her own. Oh, nice. She's like, wait, where'd you get this? And I <laughs> pointed back to the merch table. So she disappeared for a while and came back. So at this point, it's about 10 a.m. We've already decided where we want to eat lunch, because mm. I found an Indian restaurant on the walkover. I was like, heck yeah. Yep. So then we all sit and wait for the great moment. Yeah, everyone's The reveal just... of teal. <laughs> the teal reveal. There's general anticipation and excitement and people tittering and talking to each other. And the room filled up, I'd say somewhere between 200, 300 people, somewhere in that range, all in these just conference chairs in a conference room. But definitely not full. Not full. There was far more space. You could have gotten in. Yeah. What do you think? I would say like 60% full. It's better than a Trump inauguration. That's for sure. Fair enough. Yeah, there wasn't that blinding white coming out from below. Yeah, just the absence of people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So before Teal comes out, we're going to meet Blake. Yes. One of the gentlemen who lives with her and has for 15 years. Yes, he has. And he's helped film and produce her videos once a week for the past six or seven years, he says. They missed one week. And then the following week... Was about expectation. That's right. That's too fun. So he's a, a young Caucasian man. Red hair, uh, Currently red, usually brown, I think. Oh, yeah. he's not a natural red <laughs> Yeah, so... Tall and thin and always kind of held his body just at a little bit of an angle with his oh, yeah, huh? arms crossing him. He didn't have, you know, like that sturdy, upright... Locked in feel. Locked in <laughs> As posture. if he's about to sing in choir and they're like, plant your feet. Yeah. It doesn't do that. It wasn't this sort of sense of, 
I'm in front of a crowd. I need yeah. to be having a stage presence. It's just, hey, I'm me. This is which you is know, quite pleasant. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It was just, you know, hey, it's yeah. just Blake. So he apparently fell in with Teal when his or soon after his brother was killed, and she uh-huh. had some sort of messages for him, I think, from his brother. From the brother. According to people who have fallen out with Teal, even his parents are like, oh, no, this woman's just like manipulating the family. But that's not what Blake believes, obviously. So Blake has followed her for these 15 years and and lives with her and helps her do her whole business. They did date for a while, but now... I assume the relationship is platonic. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, we should mention the audience itself. It's hard to sum up a Teal Swan audience, just mm. as it is hard to sum up Teal Swan. There were many people of many different ages. I would say it skewed a bit younger. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of young, very attractive women who had worn nice dresses and had a lot of makeup. But there were also kind of hippie-like people wearing tie-dye. Yeah, my friend Eva was also there, and she texted me before I got in, and she said, the fashion here is off the chain. And then she said, I've worn the exact wrong thing. And when I got there, she was wearing like a khaki, what do you call that, like a full body suit? Oh, yes. (laughs) That's true. That might have stood out a bit. Very funny. There was a priest in a priest collar. Yes, sitting near you. Older gentleman. You know, we forgot to also say at the merch table, there was a women's swimsuit with teal designs on it. Oh, that's right. You could also buy some other clothes other than just the shirt. It felt like a diverse crowd, both in terms of age and ethnicity. Behind us, there was a guy who had bought a teal swan sweatshirt at some point, and it just, wow, they really go for it. It's not like, oh, there's a little bit of the emblem on the side. It's like, it's radiating out of the center, bright purple, like a shooting stars coming out of it kind of (laughs) experience. Oh, man. So there's a lot of that going on in the audience as well. Okay. As subtle as a Tony Alamo jacket. I think... Less subtle than a Tony Alamo jacket. Whoa. Yeah. We've set a new bar. (laughs) So finally, after the introduction by Blake, Teal came up and she had a little entourage that ushered her in Mm -hmm. from the door on the right. Mm -hmm. And she came in a very statuesque, upright, all the posture that Blake doesn't have. Right, right. Very commanding presence. And wearing a a lavender, you know how to describe this because we spent a lot of time trying to figure out. Get what the word is. So it's this particular kind of Chinese or Chinese-inspired garment called Chongsam. So if you picture an Americanized kimono kind of thing without sleeves, mm-hmm. and then the dress or the tunic goes all the way down to her feet but has huge slits in it, so she's also wearing pants. Yeah, it's a very long top part. Yeah, I got a slit in the side. So every now and then you can see a bit of her skin, see that Mm -hmm. she's wearing pants underneath, also lavender, kind of Mm -hmm. a silky texture. Yep. And it has... Has uh, globe buttons. Yeah, these kind of knotted fabric buttons across it. If you saw it, you'd recognize it as the the Chinese influence that it has. But yeah, it was very striking. Mm -hmm. Many of her videos have similar dresses in them. Uh, She has quite the wardrobe of, I would say, designer style clothing. Uh We did way more research trying to figure out what that (laughs) outfit was than is at all justified. But there it was. And so she came in and she wears makeup as well, very pale skin, Mm -hmm. uh, long brown hair. Yeah, that she always has sort of flipped over to one side. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has kind of a, a downturned mouth and usually looks very serious, maybe even a little peeved or irritated just in her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I get that. Face without emotion uh, I, on top of it. I was thinking just yesterday, I was trying to picture her smiling. And not to say that she avoids smiling, but yeah. it, it isn't like I couldn't immediately draw it to mind what her smile looks like. When you watch one of her videos, it's 95% her looking very serious, but yeah. she'll frequently break out into these little smiles mm-hmm. and playfulness. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's fairly austere. She also has black eye makeup that kind of makes her eyes stand out. She has green eyes. No idea. She could have had no oh, eyes. Oh, that's wouldn't right. Have you wouldn't have paid <laughs> I think you would have noticed <laughs> the lack of eyes. Yeah. Anyways, a, a beautiful woman. I think mm-hmm. many people agree. I, I think she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She came up on the stage and talked a little bit about L.A. And she seems to have complicated feelings about L.A. Yes. So this has come up before because in some of her prior vlogs and blogs, she's talked about L.A. and how L.A. has this sort of putrid energy and mm-hmm. everybody's trying to get something from someone else which that's that's a fair fair, fair criticism <laughs> of LA but also that everybody's trying to be famous and try uh, going after significance something like mm-hmm. that which feels a little ironic because <laughs> she did come here to be a model <laughs> right originally okay. she mentions certain pockets at least in one of the blogs i was reading from feels like four years ago, five years ago, uh, when she had visited L.A. She was saying there were pockets of enlightened people, but overall the energy was just so dark and difficult for her to deal with. And then she had posted right before the event. She did an Instagram video where she said something like, with all these haters lately, I've just been getting these really weird energies around these events, and I can I can feel the energy here, and it's going to take a lot more to help people ease their suffering. Yeah, it's interesting, because I feel she lets that bleed into her perception of her audience when mm-hmm. it's not necessarily. Right. Because uh, I never got that impression from anyone she talked to throughout this Me event. Me neither, but she talked about her haters a lot. Yeah, that's true. It was definitely on her mind you could tell and when she came up the first thing she said to us was she's been walking around LA and she's seen that we all have a real problem with holding on to pain Mm -hmm. and I thought well that's interesting because this is a self-selected audience of people who are your fans and followers and have paid money to come see you and you know you're telling us that you've just walked around LA and gotten this sense from everybody you see but that's not that same self-selected crowd Hmm. okay Anyway, she decided, well, this is a good time for us to do a little meditation to deal with holding on to pain. She said something very clever here, too. She said, now, some of you have probably heard this meditation before, but I would ask you to allow yourself to experience it for the first time. And I think she guided them to pick a different pain, essentially. uh So if you've already done this before. And when she asked that for us to think of something really painful in our lives, nothing came to me. And so I was searching for a while and then thinking, well, should I try to manufacture something? I'm not immediately getting an idea. So anyways, I was kind of more in my head just about that, like, oh, well, what does it mean that I don't immediately have a thought of pain? Yeah, I think she said a painful or difficult thing that's going on right now. Yeah. And so then I eventually thought, well, let me think about my eczema. Okay, there you go. And she was saying, okay, well, now picture the color of that pain and picture the shape of it and what does it look like i suspect she might be a synesthete 
because she mm. often talks in terms of colors and numbers having certain meanings and feelings to her. Mm-hmm. But then she started talking about choosing a person that this pain is tied to. Right. And that was another dead end for me. Like, oh, shoot. I must have missed the prompt somehow. I didn't know a person was going to be tied to this. Right. Well, she did seem to sort of go back and forth on that. She also said, or it could be an object. It could be an object. Okay. Okay. So I think you could picture your foot. But she was uh, giving... I thought this could be useful for someone who's dealing with pain. She was giving some good advice about questioning where that came from and Mm -hmm. do you need to be carrying this or maybe the pain that you're carrying is worth carrying for that person and you can tell them this in your head right now. I think the most useful thing she said, it makes sense if your pain is about a particular person, but I'm not sure it makes sense about eczema, Mm. was (laughs) your pain is a way of loving them. Mm -hmm. That did kind of click for me, even though I can't, really reason my way around it. Okay. And then said, you know, you can replace that old pain with a painless love. Oh, Oh, that's that's really nice. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, she said some nice things in there, and she also talked about now that you've kind of isolated that pain, you can decide to to burn it or bury it or just carry it, but know that, you know, it's worth it. Or you can choose to let them carry it. You know, it's interesting because, you know, she talks about letting go of stuff, and that definitely seems to be a through line in her teachings, She has a really like sort of bitter presence, though. Interesting. Yeah, I I totally see that. I'm just trying to unpack it. It's not something I could completely justify not knowing her whole body of work. But I don't get this sense from her like, oh, yes, there's a person at peace. I actually feel more like there's a person who's kind of on the war path. Yeah, I think in her bearing and her expressions and the way she talks, I, I get that sense as well. Yeah, she's a little pissed. And we'll get to this. But when she talks to people, it's often in an accusatory tone. Yeah, aggressive. We've seen that with different psychics and other spiritual leaders that there's different tacks you can take. Sometimes it's to just be very flowery and lovey and accepting. And sometimes it's to be the confrontationalist. Right. I think of Sylvia Brown as being a very different example of the same principle that that psychic Sylvia Brown would tell grieving parents, the kid's dead. In her raspy, cigarette-smoking voice. And people seem to love that. Like, oh, wow, she's just telling us the truth. Telling it like it is. Bluntly, until you find out that the kid's not dead. (laughs) Right. The kid's still alive. Anyways. um, The flip side of the Teresa Caputo situation. No one actually dies. No one actually has died of suicide. Right. No one ever actually intends for that to happen. Right. Yeah. So there's different tactics, but definitely Teal comes down on the confrontational side. Mm-hmm. I think by design. Well, she does everything by design. Yeah, she also kind of reminds me of Tony Robbins that way. Mm-hmm. And also yes. she does a thing that we will talk about more where she tries to get two steps ahead of everything you're saying so she can kind of kill you as you come to order. <laughs> um, so, you know, I might say, um, well, you know, I've been reading your books and I've been really thinking about trauma. And I, you know, I've realized I run from trauma. Then she, because you came here with that realization, she's going to tell you that is wrong. Yes. She's going to tell you, no, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. What's the evidence that you've run from that trauma? Right. Okay. Is it, could you think of another way? Are you actually accepting that trauma and you need to accept your acceptance? Mm hmm. Ah. She wants to be the contrarian and offer something you hadn't thought of already. Right. And that's her starting point, whatever your conclusions are. Oh, even if you thought they're from her lessons. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure it breeds a dependency because clearly you can't trust your own impressions even of her teachings. Because she'll always know it better. The meditation itself was about 15 minutes long and there was a woman who was gently sobbing through the whole experience. 
and it felt bad for her. You know, you hear someone sobbing like that. Oh, I want to go hug him. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy right in front of us who had very long black hair and a cowboy hat. And he kept looking back to stare at this woman. Yeah. And that, that happened also when we all came to, if you will, a bunch of people like just turned and looked at her. And I was like, guys. Don't. Yeah. He in particular really was getting on my nerves. Huh. He already had been. Before you arrived, he kept switching seats and he would sit right in front of me with his big, tall, straw cowboy hat, which is irritating to begin with. Like, okay, I can't see anything around your stupid hat. But <laughs> also, he started putting his arms around the women next to him, two attractive ladies in front of us. And he sat in an empty chair between them and put his arms on either side of them. And I thought, Okay, what's the dynamic there? And at one point, one of them turned to him and said, can you please not put your arm there? Oh, shit. They didn't even know him. Oh, my God. Yeah. So later on, I saw him outside when I had to go to the bathroom and he was walking the hallway. And just out of reflex, I gave him the nod. But then I was like, why did I give you the nod? You don't deserve the nod. I don't like you. (laughs) Anyways. You know, I feel like someone should start a drawn poster of men who annoy Ross. And there should be the man in gold (laughs) and the man in the cowboy hat. (laughs) All right. As as, uh, the years go on, we can add more men in weird outfits. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it wasn't just the weird outfit, except that hat was black. No, I know, but but that is the commonality now, and you're going to stick to it. He left at one point, and he didn't come back, and I didn't miss him. So, okay, so now we're going to get to the meat of this adventure. Yes, the process itself. Yeah. So synchronization. Basically, she is going to pick someone from the audience, but no, 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 she is not going to pick someone from the audience. Oh, she is managing expectations from the very start. This is so smart. They're very intelligent. She is a smart cookie. Yeah, I'll yeah. just say that up front. Yeah. Well, it's not up front. We're quite a ways into this episode. <laughs> but Teal Swan is highly intelligent. Yeah. I have no question of that. She's playing games in her head yep. with everybody, and she knows she's playing them better than most other people. This is; These are suppositions, yes. but yes, it these does seem that way. Strongly held suppositions, so I'm just saying that. But yes, how does she set this up, Carrie? So she says, you guys are going to pick who comes up here. And I'm thinking like, oh, that's neat. How do we do that? Are we going to vote? No, here's how. <laughs> Everyone's going to raise their hand who wants to go up and ask her a question. Mm -hmm. And then a wave of energy that only Teal Swan can see Mm -hmm. is going to wash over the crowd and land on a person whose question is most relevant to everyone else here. So if all of us have questions about family, then a person who has just a really emblematic problem that will apply to many of us that's who's going to get picked because the wave is going to land on her. Yeah. It's not even Teal who's doing the picking. So don't blame her if you don't get picked. Mm-hmm. And you need to pay extra close attention because that person's been chosen for a reason and you're supposed to learn from that. And she said, ask yourself, how does this apply to me? Yeah. But of course, whatever you conclude, that is wrong as you will learn the next time you actually get called on stage. <laughs> right. So the first guest was a man in a maroon shirt with mm-hmm. a kind of bowl haircut. Yeah, and, bringing um, it back. He had uh, khaki slacks on, very quiet. He was and, from the ruby section. Well, perfect for his maroon shirt. Mm-hmm. And his aura. Oh, was that also? I, I don't remember what color his aura was, oh, but okay. Teal sees auras. She does. We should mention she's clairaudient, clairsentient, clairvoyant, among many other clairs. And yet not named Claire. Weird. Yeah. So his problem that he wanted her to help him with was that he often falls asleep during his spiritual work while Mm -hmm. he's doing the completion process or anything else. He's often falling asleep. 
And she starts talking to him about that, you know, okay, where does this come from? What kind of feelings does it bring up for you? And he's this very meek, sweet man. And he says, well, I'm a narcissist. (laughs) And I cover my narcissism with empathy. But my, my wife, she is my world. And she's the best thing about me. And she helps me be a better person. So she tells him that he needs to be more compassionate to himself. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And don't make up your mind about yourself. She says, you know, yourself is fluid. Yourself can be totally different. Who you are today might be very different from who you were 10 years ago. And this part, I'm like, yeah, no, I agree with all this. <laughs> Until she flips around and tells him, you really need to learn to hate yourself. Yeah. Oh, my God. She tells him so many contradictory things. Oh, uh, And the poor guy, you can see he's sitting there kind of staring at her intently, trying to figure out where she's going with it. I think he wants to stay one step ahead of her. Well, even to just keep up, like just to do what she wants of him. Mm -hmm. He wants so badly to do exactly what she wants. Right. But But she's so vague that that's impossible to do. Right. And that's the problem. Then she detects that he's trying to anticipate her, lead the conversation. And so she kind of turns on him. You're lying to me. Uh And and she tells him, you're not a narcissist because you wouldn't say that otherwise. Right. Which is rich coming from Teal because, oh my goodness, if anybody is a narcissist, uh, she's a candidate. (laughs) She's a prime candidate. Yeah. Well, and also she said, when we tell people we're bad, we're making sure they think we're good. You know, you might say, oh, no, I'm so terrible just to get someone to say, oh, no, of course not, Mm -hmm. which could be a motivation. Yeah. Also could not be. That might have been true of him. At least I I was getting the sense that he was trying to put on a humble brag sort of thing. And he would talk about how great his wife was. And he talked about just how much he loves his daughter. But Uh he himself is not deserving of the same love. And the whole conversation felt like a bad improv act to me (laughs) where people keep trying to fight each other and Uh steer the conversation back their own way. And you're yelling at them, just yes, and go with it. Go with it. Right, (laughs) right. It was really confusing with a lot of awkward silences. And sometimes... Teal would then just step in and fill the silence with more while he sat there looking confused with the microphone in his mouth. Right. Or or sometimes you'd just wait and then he would say something, again, different that would steer the conversation off in a totally different way. I really think he was trying. I don't think he was... Yeah. Oh, sure. ...trying to manipulate her the way she was trying to manipulate him. But he was trying to give her both what she wanted and what would make him look good. I think. Oh, okay. Fair enough. One thing that I always try to keep in mind when I'm watching a cold reading kind of session is keep in mind the first thing that was said. Why did this person actually come up here? Mm-hmm. So It's a good tactic. Yeah. So like 10 minutes in, we've gone from I fall asleep too much to you have made yourself an enemy to yourself your whole life. <laughs> okay. Dude just wants some advice about how to stay awake. I think every single one of these conversations steered far away from the original Oh, request, yeah, 100%. Which is her process. It's this kind of string of associations, and she's sussing out with her spiritual insight what the real issue is and trying to get to that base issue. And she's got such what feels like a killer instinct. Like, we haven't gotten to the root issue until I feel like the victor. And then that's mm-hmm. your issue. Once the answer is that I am brilliant. Right, right. Then we have the right so answer. He also told her that his dad was a drug user and that was like a 
you know, obviously a big problem in his family of origin. And she dismissed that very easily. Oh my God. She blamed the mother, the non-drug using mother who was holding the family together, apparently told his dad that he was selfish because he was using drugs and not supporting the family. And (laughs) Teal is like, oh, I see. Your mom's the problem. She's going to judge everybody as selfish. Oh, goodness. Maybe that wasn't the best word for the mom to use in what was probably a really frustrated moment, but it also doesn't sound totally inaccurate. And these are recollections from decades ago. Yeah, totally. And Teal will lock onto one small anecdote or turn a phrase and turn that into a definitive statement about this whole person's life and what defines them at a base level. And almost always, one or both parents are bad. And she frequently refers to mommy issues and daddy issues. You can even buy shirts that say, what's your mommy issue or what's your daddy issue? (laughs) Right. It is a recurring theme with Teal. Yeah. So she says, you know, you've carried around this judgment that your mom gave you, that you're selfish. And some parents will just judge you no matter what. And you think that if you become your real self, you're going to lose your wife. And he's just, okay, like kind of nodding along like, "Mm, this kind of makes sense, but kind of does not. But then when he tries to say something meaningful, then she'll turn around and berate him and say, okay, well, I'm really upset with you right now because you're lying to me and I can't work with you. And then she wants to show him a A visual visual example. So she says, Blakey, (laughs) will you come up here, Blakey? So we've already met Blake, and I guess he also goes by Blakey. Mm -hmm. And so he comes up, and she places him standing upright, and she stands in front of him. And says, okay, so these are your wants. And she points at Blake. Blakey. And then I'm your ego. Now, (laughs) notice what happens. And then she just sort of like walks to the side of her wants, Mm -hmm. to the side of Blake. And she says, you see what's happening here? And he's like... (laughs) <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this doesn't do anything. For me. Blake, meanwhile, is just standing there like, am I supposed to do something? I don't think I'm supposed to do something. I'll right. just stand it, here. And then she starts talking about something else for a while. And Forgets what she's doing. He wonders, am I supposed to still be here? And sometimes she'll say, so what am I doing? And you can't tell if she means I, this guy's <laughs> ego, or I, Teal. <laughs> like, who, do you even remember Teal? Do you know? So this poor guy is just trying so hard not to express his confusion. So he's he's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, got it. And those are my one. Okay. I don't know. He makes it a little worse, though, because he'll pause there, look confused, and then he'll say something different. Like, well, I feel I'm not worthy of love. Like, well, oh, right. Okay, now we're off on some other different conversation. Yeah, I she feel like She pins him he down was... on that. Well, why aren't you? Yeah. Well, I love my daughter so much. Well, why is she deserving of love and you're not? And yeah. now we're off on some other rabbit trail. Yeah, I think you read him as a little less sincere than I did. Okay. But yeah, definitely both of them had agendas and they're, no one's given up here. So when this little dramatization of the ego and the wants mm-hmm. is over, which dramatization is a very generous word I'm using because very little happened. Teal asks the guest, so what did you notice about this little play with your wants and ego? And he says, well, I noticed my wants were totally silent. Uh Oh. They just didn't do anything. Uh Which I think was a little bit of a jab at her. And her bad analogies. Her bad analogies and and like that her, her assistant 
was not totally confused and not in on this yeah it was like being used and yeah i don't know that's how it felt maybe i'm reading it but it's true he didn't say anything so he clearly didn't know what to do i wrote down one thing she said to him early on in the conversation compassion sits on the laurel of empathy mm. that mm. seems right up there with service, service is, is the, the jewel in the, the rock, rock of, of attainment, attainment. <laughs> From the Ethereum Society. Yeah, 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 I could try to parse that one, but uh, yeah. there's nothing there. So then Teal said there's no such thing as an evil intention. Like you- inner haters. They all have evil right, intentions. Right, exactly. And then the, those haters came up. She said to him, do you know what my haters are trying to do? They're trying to save you from me. And they think they're heroes. Oh, yes. She also told him, you can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to me. Oh, yeah, because she could read his thoughts. She said she was reading his thoughts. Oh, this was a constant refrain that Teal knows exactly what's going on. She can read you from the moment she sees you. She knows all of this and where it's going. And you, you can't fool her on any of this. She did at one point talk about how she can tell when someone's lying because their voice gets higher. Yes, which is very funny because she has this a very low voice for a woman. She does. Really in the bottom register. So I was thinking like, well, of course you think that. Mm. Because oh, interesting. that would just make you like the most honest person. <laughs> okay. But certainly you hear people like, oh, yeah, no, I love that book. Yeah, I bet there aren't any videos of her singing. Just from hearing her voice, mm. it doesn't sound like a, a singing voice. It, no, she has know. an interesting voice. Uh, yeah. But I yeah, like her voice, but it, it surprises you the first time you hear it. That yeah. It's like so low and honestly because she looks like a supermodel uh-huh. but then she has this low voice that's slightly atonal but I will say this about her something about that voice and her delivery she seems at first glance like a very no BS person mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the sale here it's mm-hmm. like can you imagine this woman manipulating you? Can you imagine her lying to you? And I think that gets her pretty far. Absolutely. But this would not be the end of bold, self-praising statements by Teal Swan. There will <laughs> be many more. So this guy's work that he had to do is to learn to love his self-hating aspect. Yeah. If he can love that he hates himself, then he will not fall asleep during his processes. Well, that's clear. (laughs) (laughs) So did you apply that to your life, Carrie? I don't think I hate myself, but maybe when I'm critical of myself, I can love that I'm critical of myself, and then I'll be able to not sleep nine to ten hours a day. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that one, I think, was the most painful conversation of the whole day. Ross, I have a question. What is your question, Carrie? Would you consider Teal Swan your first love? Well, I mean, she's on the list, but mm-hmm. not no, probably more like forty uh, seventh love. Forty seventh, okay, that checks out. What do you think is like your first through third love? Well, let's see. My first love would be my wife, Cara okay. Blotcher. My second love would probably be my son, Andrew Blotcher. Okay, but third love would probably be. I don't know, like a like a bra company. Uh, see, that's what I was thinking. My third love, personally, is third love, the Brazier company. Oh, I know. we have that in common. Yeah, and and they actually supported this episode. Oh my goodness! Well, geez, they're now fighting for second place. They have seventy sizes, Ross. That's so many sizes. That's a lot of sizes. And they are dedicated to making bras that fit perfectly 
and feel great. And I have a couple, and they really are maybe my two favorite bras. Really? They're really, they're very good. Well, I have some now too, or my wife does. My wife. (laughs) She ordered some from Third Love so we could try the service. She had gotten two different size recommendations. So we ordered the two different sizes and she was able to easily return the one that did not fit as well and get a second bra of the size that does fit her. Of the winner. Did she really like the winner? Oh, yeah. Nice. It's a nice bra. I approve. And uh, she likes the the fit and the feel. Yeah. I got to meet up with Kara, look at each other's bras. That's what women do. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then we'll have a pillow fight. <laughs> You know, 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes, which is why Third Love uses half cup sizing as well. And with tagless labels, memory foam cups, and straps that won't slip, Third Love is dedicated to being the most comfortable bra you'll own. So go to thirdlove.com slash oh no right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. For 15% off today. Woo! Man, a new bra sounds great, but you know what else sounds great? Well, like, you know, something that'll make me laugh. Something that'll make mm-hmm. me learn. Mm-hmm. Like a bra? No. Oh. Oh, like a Max Fun Show. Yes. Yes. Now that's the okay, ticket. I'm starting you, to catch on you here. You got it. I think you'll like this one. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. My suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day. I listen for the author interviews. I was a huge Goosebumps fan. Oh, yes. (laughs) R.L. Stein was totally my jam. I don't even read. I just like their chemistry together. Literally, if on the back it said, like, this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Like, like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times. I like that we both want to crap ourselves (laughs) over books. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses, and we solve all your bookish problems. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. So after guest one sits down, she says to the audience, you know, after what everyone says about me, most of you come here with resistance and fear, but I'm not doing mind control. (laughs) This is one of those moments where you're thinking, yeah, no one said anything about mind control. Me thinks thou doth protest too much. Probably would have been good just to leave that out. It's just (laughs) like L. Ron Hubbard saying, oh, but this is not hypnosis. Right. This is definitely not anything like hypnosis. Now... Close your eyes. <laughs> it's a tough thing because you do want to you do want to honestly confront criticism of your philosophy and know what like the typical refutations are and mm-hmm. address them. But in this case, it's like most of the people in this room are on team teal. Exactly. This is not necessary. And some of them probably didn't even know that was an accusation of you, so no need to bring it up. Right. Okay, so then we were on to guest two. And of course, the audience chose guest two. Right. A bunch of people raised their hands. Not everybody. And she did make a joke out of that. She said, oh, now you're all scared. You don't uh-huh. have questions. And, and yet at one point, she really did stop us and say, okay, you all need to think about your questions and the content of them. Make sure that you have them fully formed in your mind mm. in an effort, I think, to have fewer hands. I think also there were people who came up whose questions were not clear like I think they just wanted to sit next to her and get whatever vibe she got off them they wanted mm. to hear about right right yeah she that's wanted true. a specific question instead that's true so this time she chose this uh, young Latino man in a green shirt he was wearing a backwards cap and a rosary 
And he said, well, you know, the thing is, people often assume I'm a bad guy and I'm Mm -hmm. not. And like people assume I do drugs or I'm involved in crime and I'm not. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, this is a real common problem for young men of color, right? Like people will assume that they're involved in crime or drugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But no, I'm sure we'll find a way to make it his fault. He also oddly goes off on this whole thing about About how... About Trump. Yeah, I don't think Trump is such a bad guy, and people get really mad at me for that. Right. But, you know, he's just... He's doing his own thing, and I respect that. Yeah, and if you go for it, does that make you a bad guy? I mean, I like that Trump goes for it. And I tell my family this, and they don't like it, and I say, well, you know that the media lies, and they don't like him, so he must be good. (laughs) Mm. And and Teal... I think very cleverly sidestepped that, as you should. Right. She would even make jokes about his attitudes toward Trump and why do you feel that way, but without offering her either condemnation or support of Trump. Right, right. You didn't get any read on her take towards that. Right, totally. So he said he doesn't think Trump is a racist, and then he backtracks and says, or maybe he is. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, what I know is that he goes for it. He has his goals, and he goes for it, and I want to go for it. And Teal tries to give him another role model, and she gets him to talk about Mayweather, the boxer. Yeah, he talks about a couple boxers that he admires. She's like, yeah, they go for it, right? Yeah, they go for it. So he said uh, his parents tell their kids, because he has a bunch of siblings, that going after what you want is bad or hurts people's feelings, which I doubt is exactly how they put that, but who knows. Hmm. So he's kind of, he's rambling and kind of like trying to get his thoughts together. And she says, hey, don't take me in a loop. Yes. Go deeper. Yes. Which I think was pretty smart. Actually, yeah. Because he kind of kept hitting on the same point over and over, and that's not what she wants from him. She wants him to find the root of this feeling. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of Scientology and finding the basic basic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, oh, oh, okay, well, tell me about a point of pain in your life. Well, where did that come from? Let's uh-huh. go down another level. Okay, well, what's an earlier version of that? And she was doing something similar. So many things remind me of Scientology now. So many. <laughs> yeah. The new Nexium podcast uh, mm-hmm. from the CBC is really good and uh, there's so much stuff that's clearly cribbed from Scientology and I think it's because like Scientology is just like really bad cognitive behavioral therapy so you get like a few hits mm-hmm. here and there that like genuinely do feel good and then of course they add all this BS on top of right. it. Right and Hubbard was cribbing from all over the place right. as well. Okay so as he's trying to follow her along and go deeper He's he's looking around and kind of looking at the ceiling and she says, you see that? You see that? He's looking up. He's trying <laughs> to use his cognitive mind. It's a little bit of NLP. Mm-hmm. But I want you to use your heart. So look down at your chest. So now as he's thinking, he's like looking down at his chest. That's and- interesting. The low voice, high voice thing is also kind of an NLP, oh, uh-huh. sort of neuro-linguistic programming sort of thing. I wonder if she studied that at all. I expected her to literally say NLP when she was talking about looking up into the right. I right. Was like, oh, man. He was very entertaining, by the way. Yeah. He had a great Surreal. stage presence. Very and, sincere feeling. Yeah. And he would just take a casual pose and he'd joke around. Yeah. You could tell he was engaged and very interesting person. And he really likes Teal because she goes for it. You know, she even said, do I seem like a person who goes for it? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so he's looking down at his chest for the emotional truth. And as he's still thinking, she says, 
The idea that we can do everything alone is bullshit. If you isolate a social animal, they'll deteriorate. You isolate a dog in a shelter, they you know, develop all sorts of horrible coping mechanisms. Yeah, good point. Okay, points. true, true. Connection is the most important thing. Okay, cool. So she says, so maybe your core belief is that if you go after what you want, you will be alone. Okay. Okay. So then what advice does she give him? Yeah. Her advice was... Don't go to Christmas with your family. That was so weird. Yeah, they got off on this whole thing about, I think it all started when she asked him, all right, I want you to go back. What do holidays look like? Which was so random. It had nothing to do with anything. She was clearly expecting him to tell some holiday story, but then he said, oh, I'm not there, actually. I like always duck out on holidays. I think he was saying that on a perfect holiday, mm. what would it look like? And for him, it was like, oh, I don't really love going to all these holidays, so okay. I wouldn't even be there. And then she started talking about his culture. Yeah, making a lot of assumptions about his family because he was Latino. Yeah, and then talking about birthdays, and she got him to tell a birthday memory. Again, we're just going off the course from where we started. Uh-huh. And she keeps mentioning his culture and how she understands it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so he starts with going after what you want is, you know, is what I want to do, but no one in my family seems to respect that. Then she takes it to you don't want to be alone. And then you don't want to be alone, so don't go to Christmas? Uh, what are we saying now? So weird. Oh, my God. But yeah, he's trying so hard to track her. She's trying to track down the core belief, some phrase that you can utter, which is your your worst fear. What right. could happen in life to you? And it seems like she feels satisfied that she's gotten to that when it gets close to death. Mm. I will die if blank or, mm -hmm. you know. Something akin to that. and that I, does... I will die if nobody loves me. I will die right. if I am alone. I will die if I am not competent. Right. Whatever it may then be. Then she's like, aha, we found it. And she'll mm -hmm. stop that continuous question. But don't you dare try to start with that. Oh, yeah. Because then she'll be like, oh, you're trying to cheat. She'll lead you away from that. Yeah. That's too easy. <sighs> so she also asked him who are some people that he admires that do go for it. And he said uh, Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. who Drew pointed out to us was convicted of domestic violence. Sure. Went to jail. Maybe. He went for it. He went to jail for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But a very uh, talented boxer, apparently. But he says he just wants money, you know, and he goes for it. So then, again, Teal starts talking about how some people hate her. Mm-hmm. Clearly, on her mind, seems like maybe she sure. should be talking this out with someone. <laughs> um <laughs> So I do feel like she's using a little bit of CBT here, too, where it's like, I'm going to interrupt the cycle of belief to thought to action. Mm -hmm. CBT I mean, for our listeners. Cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. which is an evidence-based psychological process. She uses yeah. a lot of psychological terms mm -hmm. in her counseling. Yeah, something that Jennings, I think, asked her about in the gateway. Right. Because he said, well, you know, you say that you don't really believe in modern psychology but you also will use terms like bipolar disorder why do you do that and right she said well because then it's like a shorthand that helps you which was a cogent answer uh, i think made up on the spot yeah that's true that yeah when you say bipolar disorder i think of all the symptoms listed in the dsm of bipolar disorder but that also seems to definitely lend credence to the idea that bipolar exists right yeah confusing she's just saying that by using that term she 
saves a lot of time explaining things right. by getting people in the right frame of thinking. No, I know, I know. It just doesn't take me all the way to her point. But anyway, so this guy has one other thing to learn besides just not going to Christmas. He needs a new goal of who he should act like. Hmm. Who do you think that should be? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, someone who goes for it. Yeah, someone who goes for it. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, I think of Teal Swan. First. You know what? She's perfect. Yeah. Go Practically ahead and use perfect her. in every way. Yeah. You know, go ahead and use her. She's authentic. She goes for it. And she isn't alone. And not everyone loves her, but that's okay. When you're authentic as hell, people will polarize. Goodness. So that's what he's got to work on. Try to be more like Teal. Don't go to Christmas. <laughs> all right. Well, that message is meant for all of us. That's why he was chosen <laughs> by the room. I, too, will strive to be more like Teal and not go to family gatherings. All right. So next she calls up another person. Yep. Guest three. A young woman with a black and white plaid slash gingham shirt. And a Teal scarf. Oh, right. She did. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Did this woman strike you as a mole oh no i didn't think that huh i just you thought we, she was a plant not a plant a mole? a mole yeah like that she was a reporter or something who interesting buy in she certainly didn't look the normal teal type uh-huh just the way she was dressed she seemed a little more buttoned up mm-hmm. than some of the other teal folks she seemed a little less Carrie, by the way, was raising her hand and ready oh, yeah. to be called up. Oh, yeah. And then this woman would have said, does she seem like a mole to you? <laughs> I didn't because I, I just couldn't honestly think of a question that I felt Teal could really answer for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, she would have found a way. Oh, I'm sure. But I didn't want to just go up there to... Go uh, up there. Yes. No, that's fair. Well, this woman did. No, she had a really good question. She yeah. said, I have scoliosis. And I know that you're a medical intuitive. What can I do to heal my scoliosis? So what should she do, Ross? Well, she had the woman stand up and Teal felt her spine, kind of ran her hands briefly along her back and said, I'm sensing <laughs> not, not a slipped disc or a, a certain curvature. No, she said, I'm sensing a lack of support from your mother. Yes. Tell me about your mom. And everyone goes, Mm. <laughs> knowing sounds all around us uh-huh. and uh, this won't heal until you take care of that so she says oh okay my mom um it's a pretty good relationship yeah, we get along now. all right yeah, i mean there were things when i was a kid but things are pretty good and she says oh see now that's interesting because very rarely do people come up here and say that their relationships with their parents are all good now but when they do it often means they are running from the trauma of their past oh goodness Great. Cool. Somehow this transitioned into her having issues with all of her relationships with other all women. All women. Yes. Yeah. And, and she, she said, oh, I didn't know my relationships with other women mirrored that with my mom. Right. <laughs> and I still don't. And <laughs> she did eventually say, you know, it is true. I feel a little confused by women. At one point she said, I'm happy that I'm a woman. And Teal immediately countered Jumped her on that. that. No, yeah. you, no, you aren't. And that's why you said that. And she did. She said. Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah. She said, yeah, you know, as I was saying it, I there are, there are things I don't like about being a woman. Chalk um, one up for teal. But yes. But like, I don't feel I get as many opportunities. I feel I'm judged by my looks, etc. And I was like, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Hashtag all women. <laughs> right. 
another one of Teal's signature braggadocious claims showed up in this interview. She said, oh, I could write a Bible on each person. <laughs> if someone said something too vague, she would answer with something like that. Like, oh, well, you need to give me something more specific to work with because I could just talk endlessly about you. I understand so much intuitively. Right, right. Just by sitting there next to you and reading your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So as she's talking about this woman's mom, Teal says, and it's not like here's Teal Swan saying everyone's abusive, I guess, to stave off that potential criticism. Right. But you have said that a lot. So, yeah, apparently when your spine curves, that's because of lack of support from the mom, especially if it's in a particular place that the curvature starts. So if you have scoliosis, simply improve your relationships with women. Yeah, and this is a first step, at least in this meeting, of tying physical maladies to Mm -hmm. spiritual sources. I got to say, though, at least in this discussion, they wrapped it up pretty quickly. Yeah. Sent her back to her seat. Time to pick the next person. And I raised my hand, and she looked right at me and picked the woman right behind me. Oh, devastating. So the next person was guest four. Now, I think you went to pee. At I this did, point. yes, okay. for part of it. This was a beautiful black woman in her 30s, probably. She had long braids, a really elegant dress and nose ring. And she sat down and she had a lot of thoughts coming out all at once. So first she started talking about how she had recently been to an Abraham Hicks seminar. Yes. Which is a uh, channeling sam- mm-hmm. seminar. Yes. Well, Abraham Hicks isn't the channeler. He's the right. channelee. Yes. And wait, is Abraham Hicks a woman? No, Abraham is a male spirit who is channeled through a woman. Yes, okay. Esther Hicks. Okay. So she had recently been to an Abraham Hicks seminar, and she said, that was really interesting, but kind of confusing, opened up some new questions for me. Well, let me let me tell you about my life. So I have two kids, one nine-year-old son, who's the oldest, and then my daughter, who lives with me, the son lives with his dad. I've recently ended some friendships. I've recently cut my hair. There's been a lot of changes. I don't think she had a specific question. I think she was just kind of trying to work out like, oh, there's a lot of sort of inner turmoil I'm trying to work through. I was going to say real quick about the Abraham Hicks thing. I was really curious to see how Teal would react to another spiritual outlier being mentioned. Is this someone she'll attack? Mm -hmm. And she did in a very subtle way where she said, well, the thing about Abraham Hicks is... And then she turns to all of us and says, do you want to hear the deal with Abraham Hicks? Everyone's like, yeah, woo! Yeah, this is a very teal thing too. Like, you want me to explain this for you? You want me to break this down? She'll have people ask for it. Uh Okay, so the thing about interdimensional beings is that they have no obligation to tell you the truth. Esther really is a channeler, but... Whatever she's telling you may or may not be true because she's channeling this interdimensional being. Right. So it's real. There are interdimensional Mm -hmm. beings, but you can't trust them, but you can trust Teal because Teal is always right. But also the interdimensional beings will tell you whatever you need to hear, even if it's a lie. So, okay, Mm. if I need to hear it, I guess that's fine. I don't know what I'm supposed to take from. What they think you need to hear. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? So Teal asks guest for to talk about pain. And so she does. She talks about like various pains in her life. And Teal says, I think you feel like you have to be strong. Here yes, we go. I mean, this is a single mother, mm-hmm. of course. How could you not? And But so, then she elaborates. So Gus Four says, oh, Yeah, actually, I wrote that down. And everyone goes, Oh. 
Oh my God, amazing. And then she says, you know, I'm a teacher and I teach my kids to say I accept being wrong. A lesson Teal could learn. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Teal says, ah, yes, 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 but you can't do that for yourself. You know, that it's okay to be wrong. And if you don't fix this, you will get very sick and maybe die within five years. She's not shy about what passing on potential death sentences. Jesus. So guest four asks Teal, what's my practice? Which is Teal language for what should I do about this? Mm -hmm. And Teal says, you have to do the opposite of tension, especially when you're in the bathtub. I get it now. When I'm in the bathtub, I must do the opposite of tension. Um, is that relaxing? I think that's the idea. You should relax in the tub. Why yeah. can't you just say that? Yeah, take a bath. I What? So also, this guest should stop expecting herself to have everything figured out. Life is a progression, okay. not an exercise in perfection. Okay. Well, one piece of good advice. Is um, this the point at which Teal calls herself a perfectionist? At some point mm, during I'm not sure. this, she uh, said how she's a perfectionist. She won't do anything unless she knows she can be the best at it. Oh, wow. Okay. So then the guest said, I even worry about going to jail. Like, I just have these looming, horrible outcomes hmm. hanging over my head all the time. Okay, so again, one interpretation of this might be like, yeah, you know, your heritage is incarcerated at a much higher rate, and like, there's definitely evidence of police brutality unwarranted against people like you. Did she no. Did she say there was something that she was doing that she... No, nope. okay. it was just like, these are some of my fears, going to jail, oh, dying, okay. you know. Fair. So Teal says, you know, this is ancestral. You have the energy of a slave. She's saying this to a black woman. This is a white woman talking to a black woman. Uh, you carry Yeah, I came it. back for this portion. <laughs> what a good time. Aww. Welcome back, Ross. Mm -hmm. You carry it in your DNA. Yeah, this reminded me of Bob Larson with the totally. ancestral spirits. And she asked yeah, her- Teal lectures her on what it means uh, to be a black person. To be person. black. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, Teal is so confident in her own pronouncements on everything. Uh-huh. And she says this elsewhere, like on her videos. Oh, I'm just, I'm 100% right when I'm talking about spiritual matters. God. And the way she just pontificates is so <laughs> annoying as she's telling this black woman what it means to be a black person. Yes. She says, I, I rarely have someone come up here who has your skin color, who doesn't have the fears you have. The women feel like they have to be strong. And they can't be gentle with themselves. And all black people in America recreate their ancestral trauma by acting like slaves. Uh, any sentence that starts with all black people really sh shouldn't Stop be finished. Stop yourself there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like when you, when you find yourself saying, I'm not a racist, but... Okay, take a deep breath. Ask yourself if the second part of the sentence needs to be said. But anyway, this woman's carrying it in her DNA, apparently. And and, and the woman is reciprocating yeah, in all of this. And yep. she's crying at one point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's speaking to her. Yep. She's not upset with Teal. Correct. Or doesn't appear to be. And then Teal says, you are going to change all that. You are going to teach all black people not to recreate their ancestral trauma. All right. Well, okay. I have good faith in this woman. Good luck. <laughs>
Oh, my God. To Teal's credit, she did at one point say, like, now prejudice is real. You know, Mm -hmm. like, white people are bad to black people. But you got to stop carrying this trauma around. It creates itself. So I think that was the end of that guest. Not the end of her. She's going to die in five years, though, if she doesn't. She's got a mission ahead of her. Yeah. So she went back to her seat. And uh, Teal asked at this point, hey, Blakey, what time is it? Uh, Can we stop? soon is at lunch and blake said oh no well i told them one o'clock we'd take a break she said okay and clearly she wanted to change it up a little bit she said okay yeah i'm gonna mix it up let's go ahead and do a, a exercise now though speaking of blakey that reminds me that after every one of these sessions where she talked to somebody she would ask them you want a huggy oh and i didn't notice they'd the word go huggy. in for a little hug yeah so there's blakey and there was Huggy. So <laughs> every now and then she puts in this infantilism into her speech. And pretty much everyone wanted a Huggy. Yep. Hot so, commodity. Yeah, exactly. So we were going to break into groups of four. She wasn't going to tell us what we're doing in those groups of four. You just got to choose a group of four. Correct. And this is called an experiential group. So we picked the two women on either side of us. Yeah, there was Jennifer to my left. And we're going to call her Carol to your right. Mm-hmm. And I had a brief moment of thinking, oh, I don't know if Carrie and I should be in the same group because oh. then we're half the group and, mm. you know, we already know a bunch about each other. And I made things confusing for a bit because there was. A- oh, that's why you were almost going into the group of people in front of us. Yeah, there were two ladies ahead of us. And I oh, might be good. I, this always comes up when we're at conventions like these together. Like, oh, well, will I get as much if. I Carrie think this always have- comes up for you, and I never think of it. Okay. I'm like, well, I'll be with Ross. Who are the other two people? Okay. Yeah, for me, it feels like I might have a less genuine experience because you know, huh. we're, we're already sharing something on many levels. Anyway, so huh. okay. we ended up with Jennifer and Carol, and we went to sit over in the corner over where Teal had arrived originally. Yes, stage left, house right. So we were going to sit in a circle and have one person in the middle. And tell that person in the middle everything you envy about them. Yes, which is a really interesting prompt, the word envy. I think it tells you a lot about Teal's experience as a person. Mm. Because Mm. I don't walk around envying very many people. Right. We're working out her issues. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer goes first and sits in the midst of all of us. And she's like a very young, fit, lovely young woman so the most obvious thing to say to someone you've barely talked to right. you're gonna have to remark on their looks exactly which is weird yeah and i'm feeling very strange just scanning a person yeah and you're the only dude right yeah so i said right away like well when i first saw you i noticed you're very beautiful you have a very natural sort of 60s 70s uh, natural beauty right and then we're like, oh, shit, there's five more minutes. And we've, <laughs> I just met you. I know nothing about you. That's about you. all I can say. <laughs> and until it also instructed the person in the center not to say anything. Right. And Jennifer was kind of breaking with this, say, oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Nice. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so then I would scan her and say, oh, well, I, I immediately sensed uh, earlier, because I had had an interaction with her before you mm-hmm. arrived, said that you were willing to talk to People, you know, sometimes you get the feeling from someone, oh, I don't want to be bothered. I want to talk to you, but I felt like I could talk to you. And yeah. Enjoyed that conversation. And so she kind of nodded at that. 
we all took our turns, complimented. She has very nice clothing. Right, cute boots. It was kind of like, um. there was a little bit of like maybe a hippie style, but in a very mm-hmm. fashionable way. Right, right. Uh, Bohemian chic. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we complimented all those things, her long hair. Uh-huh, cute figure. <laughs> oh my gosh. That didn't come from me. Nope, nope. Came from Carol. Yeah, it was... It, so awkward. Yeah, and when you're a guy and you, you just, you can't really comment on women's looks. It, sure. That's not an option. So, yeah, so I got... Well, especially in terms of you envying her. Right. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, if you said, like, I envy your long, beautiful hair. And we kept providing provisos and saying, well, I don't know if it's envy, but the right one word, thing I really like about oh, you I is... I admire <laughs> about you, this person I just met, but have always admired... So finally, the five minutes was up. It was an uncomfortable five minutes. It really was, especially for the person in the center, but for everyone. Mm -hmm. So Carrie went in, and what did we envy about you? Y'all envied my smile, my scarf. (laughs) (laughs) I need that scarf. I need it so bad. Carrie's wearing a solid blue dress and an ochre scarf, (laughs) so she's not giving us much to talk about. She's got uh, some earrings. I uh-huh. know Jennifer envied your earrings. And she even followed up with that. I could take them right now. <laughs> and later on, she told us she regretted saying that. But oh, really? I think she was just trying to be funny and follow the envy theme. Right, right. I'm not going to um, steal your earrings. The two other women kind of nodded together about a sense of power coming from me, feeling like I had like a, what did they say? Like, a, oh, a sense of having overcome like a presence that was like, she's okay. Ah, yeah. Okay. Carol said that I seem really friendly and she envied that because she's not very outgoing. Mm-hmm. And you said you envied my love of animals. Yeah. Yep. That's I all could... I wrote down. Oh, okay. Did yeah. You... Oh, did you say something else that should have been memorable? No, I was fine. You're okay. allowed to remember whatever you want. But yeah. No, I... what else did you say? <laughs> Let's see. I uh, said I envied your constant desire for learning. Like, Oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't know any other people I'd say who enjoy learning new things more than I do. That morning, you had told me about some other class you'd signed up for. I went, wait a second. I already thought she was doing two other extracurricular <laughs> classes. Yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah, there was something else too in there. But good, I'm glad something stood out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then Carol moves in. And Carol is this very sweet but very quiet young woman. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like a, a cute gray jacket, but she's, you know, She's not like super styled out or anything. And when she does speak, you have to lean in very closely mm-hmm. to listen and maybe ask her to repeat part of it. And I even feel bad describing her like as not standing out in her style. But like, you're making me do this. You're making me. Five minutes of telling somebody what you, you envy about yeah, them. Yeah, of what you notice about them when they've barely talked to you. So I'm talking about her color scheme. I like the red, green, and blue. Right. All muted versions of the colors. I was trying to be really honest with myself. Like, okay, what do I what do I already know about her that I like at least respect? Mm-hmm. And I did think, oh, okay, you know, when we were all sitting in a row, you said, hey, should we go over and sit by the door? And everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I said, she let's go sit by go the along. door. Yeah. And yes, she said, I'll do whatever whatever the group wants to do. Yeah. And and I do kind of, like, I automatically, even if there are 40 people in the room, if it's an awkward, like, oh, no one's talking, I feel like, that's on me. Mm-hmm. I need to get all 40 of these people talking. Right. I have this real sense of, like, responsibility <laughs> about that. And I, you know, I respect that someone can be like, I'm just a fourth of this group. 
mm-hmm. I'm not any more responsible for it than anyone else. Right. I said something similar that she can sit there and observe and, and not feel the need to direct a conversation because they're just not giving us much to work with here. And then you start wondering, does this sound like a backhanded compliment somehow? Don't want to do that. Cause, <laughs> so tough. Because you seem genuinely great, but yeah. just, I don't know much about you at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but we got through that one, uh-huh. and then it was your turn. I went in, and yeah, it's really awkward, especially you're sitting in the quote-unquote middle of mm-hmm. the circle when there's three people around you, so it's hard to know where to make eye contact, because mm-hmm. they're also kind of complimenting you, and that's just a little awkward, so you sort of look down at the ground every now and then, look up at them and smile, okay, thank you, mm-hmm. and Jennifer said she admired me being a man. I thought when this first started and I realized, oh, this there's three women and a man, I, I thought everyone's going to be like, well, I envy, you know, you have a little higher of a station in life. So you, know? you get to go through life without being sexualized. And uh-huh. I envy that. No. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank you so much. That, that makes you. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as my mom would say, I received that. Uh, oh, that's... When someone compliments her, uh, I received that, which okay. we would always make fun of, and then we started using uh-huh. literally, and we felt, oh, wait, we're supposed to use that ironically. <laughs> yeah, what else did people say about you? Oh, I said I admired your family. Mm-hmm. That was very sweet. Uh, oh, I remember that I said... I envied it, and then I thought, I don't want a child, though. <laughs> See, envy makes you get really in your head. Envy's the wrong word. It's the wrong word. You can't do much with envy. But I do admire the family you've built. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just telling you again. <laughs> um, someone said that you were really friendly, that you know they could tell right away that you oh, were yeah. very friendly and open. Yeah. Oh, and Carol said she liked your outfit because she wishes she could wear boys' clothes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Which she almost was. Uh, yeah, she, she, she was talking like about unisex, that. Yeah. yeah, she had kind of a uh, olive drab jacket on. Not too unlike the one I have. Hey, look at here. that! Yeah. yeah, you're right. Anyways, everyone yeah. was wonderful and looking good, and we all came away from it afterwards. We had a little time to talk about it, and we kind of liked the exercise. It yeah, pushed us out pleasant. of our comfort zone, but now we'd made new friends. Mm-hmm. And then we went to lunch. Went to Mr. Masala, and I was telling. Jennifer, I said, oh, well, uh, we know where we're going for lunch because Carrie found this Indian place. We love Indian food. And she said, oh, well, that that does sound great. You could tell she was kind of getting ready to leave, but the invitation was hanging in the air. So I said, well, you're welcome to join us if you want. She said, oh, I will do that. That'd be great. And so then I said to Carol, well, you're welcome to join us too if you'd like uh, Indian food. She said, oh, okay. Yes, I think I will. Okay. And so she followed us. And yeah, the four of us, new friends, we all walked over to Mr. Masala. Mm-hmm. And we found out that... Neither of them had ever had Indian food. Ever, right. So ever. We, we got to introduce them to Indian food. Carol clearly did not like it. Well, also, she revealed that she's a picky eater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she got one of my favorite things, sog alu, which is potatoes in a spinach-like mm-hmm. plant. And she was taking the potatoes out and like rubbing them on her plate until all the evidence of the spinach was gone. Oh, wow. And then and then eating just the potatoes. And then she didn't want any naan. I think she had a little bit of rice. They brought papadam, and they were referring to it as lentil... Waffles. Waffles. Yep. Okay. Never heard that one before. Me neither, and that is not a good description. So she we was were, disappointed. Usually they just bring papadam to the table, and everybody shares it. So we were doing that. Anyways, Indian food is my favorite. That is the moral of the story. She did like, though, the samosas, but she took Mm -hmm. out all the peas. 
Yeah, I noticed her working around the pizza. She was sitting to my right, so I I didn't have as good a view as you did of her uh, eating habits. But Jennifer seemed to be truly into yeah. the Indian food. She yeah, she it. had okra for the first time. Okay, that's a good way to do it if you got to eat okra. Yeah. Not anyway, boiled like my mom used to make it. That's, oh, that's disgusting. so disgusting. Don't do that. Anyway, now that we've reviewed what everyone had for lunch, <laughs> it's a first show. We're going to come back and tell you about the rest of this adventure in our next episode. Yeah, because we've been blathering on for a while. We'll tell you all about our regrouping with Jennifer and Carol and what we did that time. Mm-hmm. Some more interviews with Teal Swan and a little bit more about the enigma that is Teal Swan and all her amazing levels of confidence. And an awkward conversation between Teal, a husband, and a wife. Oh, Stay tuned. Yes. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And be sure to like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes and review us positively wherever you can. Share us with your friends. All of that good stuff. Write a book about us. Yes. Yes. Do that. Yes. (laughs) Stanton Friedman. Yes. Yes. And remember... To many people who are grounded solidly in the physical dimension, the idea of a crystal or a mineral being anything more than just a pretty rock sounds like New Age hooey. But there is more to this physical dimension and reality than meets the eye. Our current definition of what is alive is incredibly inaccurate. The current definition of what makes something alive is something that exhibits movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, reproduction, excretion, and nutrition. But what makes something alive is much more complicated than this. I can tell you if these things which I've mentioned previously are the criteria by which we define life, we will have no idea what to to do when we are interacting with extraterrestrial life forms that don't fit any of those criteria, but are very much alive. We need to start defining alive in terms of consciousness. I'm Oliver Wong, DJ, scholar, and journalist. And I'm Morgan Rhodes, music supervisor and stiletto devotee. And we host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives. Morgan, what exactly is a heat rock? It's a record that's like hot fire, combustible. Basically, just a really, really good album. We've taken a deep dive into Nigerian funk from the 70s. He kind of had like a bad reputation in in town as just being like a sketchy dude. (laughs) And he was just making music that for thousands of miles around him, he was the only person doing anything like that. 1980s teen comedy soundtracks. This soundtrack always felt the same to me as like when I would find a a great blazer at a thrift store that I could, I was like, oh, this is going to be me now. We've talked about Prince, Boys to Men, Kendrick Lamar, and everything in between. Heat Rocks, every Thursday here on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.